grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Today is a day where we are celebrating what, Jonna? 10 years of marriage. Yes. Actually, I'm lying. That was yesterday. <laughs> well, we're still celebrating today, so you yes. can lie. So we're celebrating. Why don't you just start off this episode by telling everyone that what how about just tell everybody what your 10-year anniversary plans were, and oh. then we'll talk about... Expectations versus reality. reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start there. So, okay, yes, a whole decade of marriage already somehow. Somehow we're old enough to be married for 10 years and have five children. Um, that's kind of hard to wrap my head around still. But yes. So a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, right, we were in Arizona for work for Chris's work. And we got to spend some, you know, alone time. We were sitting, I'll, I'll never forget. We're sitting in a hot tub. We're looking up at these beautiful mountains. I'm telling you what, Mount lemon, Mount lemon, the Arizona mountains are like no mountains I've ever seen Tucson, before. Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. We're sitting there and we're just talking. It's a perfect weather. And, um, I remember we started talking about our 10 year. We were, we were halfway there. We're like that sounded so far away. And I was like, okay, I want to do a vow renewal at the top of Mount Lemon, I want a new wedding dress. I want to bring our family out. We were at this resort called La Paloma. Just beautiful. Incredible. So incredible. And I was like, uh, we'll bring our family and our kids and our friends. And at that point, we didn't have our two youngest. So, you know, we're thinking, oh, this will, the kids will be at a good age by then to take them. Because we were still in that like three under three struggle bus life or three, three and under whatever they were at that time. And yeah, I thought it was going to be this big rebash, reparty because our wedding day was wonderful. And there's so many, like, I mean, it was perfect. But then, you know, there's so many things I didn't do because we were really young. You were still. So when Chris and I got married, Chris literally graduated college in May and we got married in July. So now it's so funny. We didn't feel like we were that young. But looking back, remember, we couldn't even rent a car for our honeymoon. Could not. I was 24 and Chris was 23. I feel like they've changed the rules since then. On that. Have they? Yeah, potentially. Maybe 25. It could be like 21 maybe now. I'm not, yeah. not quite sure. Yeah. So anyway, the point is the expectation was Mount Lemon overlooking the mountains. Val renewal. Val renewal. Brand wedding new dress. wedding dress. Thousands of dollars. You know, all of our kids coming out, our family coming out, our closest friends coming out. DJ. Like, it was <laughs> I don't know what I thought you were about to do because you were still in fitness at the time. You had the studio at the time guess i just thought yeah yeah so so now i'm not in fitness and i have a totally different career path but here's the thing is i i i nodded my head when you had that vision yeah 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 yeah, let's do it let's do it i didn't think 10 years would come so fast and frankly i thought we'd be rich (laughs) so since we aren't we're supposed to be rich by now chris we were supposed to be but we had five children in seven years Six. Six. Sorry. Six years. Well, it was only six. I, think. Uh, I don't want to shortchange you. Yeah. <laughs> and so where are we, babe? Well, <laughs> we are sitting in a hotel right now. Check. And I am looking at a nice view. Check. Not the mountains. I'm no. looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at the Ohio River. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Sorry. That was we perfect did. timing. That was that. that was good timing. Yeah. 
It's fine. It's great. Yes. Uh, we are having a great time. We still got to get away. We have five kids, obviously, eight and under. And so coordinating, uh, first of all, we decided it was too soon somehow to, to do a vow renewal because we want our kids to be a little bit older and they can kind of participate. Our youngest is still only one. Um, so it'd be cool for them to have an actual part in that where they remember that because we just marriage is so special to us and we hope we were just talking about this over we were um eating at a restaurant down here we were just talking about how special marriage is to us and how we really hope that we're building a foundation for our kids for them to see how special marriage is so yes. we decided to postpone the bow, the bow renewal to like did you 15. say bowel removal i, said, I did I, but, but <laughs> the bowel, bowel removal vowel renewal. renewal i'm staring outside yeah um to you know, like fifteen or twenty years when they're a little bit older, and then I'm for sure going to we'll be definitely in the be rich. So You'll we'll definitely, definitely be have your wedding <laughs> dress. Well, yeah, all all the things will come true, right? This was more reasonable. We had yes. to, you guys. If you even knew the logistics that we had to do to plan for a sitter, oh, yeah. for two nights away, like babysitters are tag teaming. You tag know, teaming. I mean, it's crazy. Which is so side quick side note so validating for me because they're so tired right now and they're like i don't know how you do this all the time <laughs> right like, all right i my craziness and my hot mess uh expressness is that a word is justified yes anyways so yeah so expectations this came a lot faster than we thought way, and way faster we're still celebrating though yeah yeah we are and so we are actually you know in the spirit of expectation versus reality i I'm interested to know, and I was asking John this on the way down here. We were in the car, and I was like, so, you know, these 10 years flew. We both agree. What did you think a successful marriage would look like 10 years ago? And so I'm going to ask you now yeah, on the podcast what right. you thought, maybe. So and we've talked about this before, but 100 episodes back probably so. Um, our marriage, when we first got together, you know, I was very head over heels for you and you were very young. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I didn't know. I, I really think that I still had this expectation of the Disney movie style happily ever after. I think if you asked me then, um, I probably would have just said like, I don't know, you know, a house and kids and a happy marriage. You know, I don't know that I could have defined it because... I thought it was just going to be like, we're just going to be so in love and, you know. Right. So how many people do you know that have a house <laughs> and kids and are married and are married and they're just thrilled? <laughs> just thrilled. I mean, not a ton. It's really disheartening, actually. Like if you just get on social media, um, I fall into the rabbit hole of looking at comments sometimes on certain posts about marriage or um, I'm in like a lot of mom groups where they post about their husbands and then everybody comments and I'm always very shocked and honestly sad, saddened by how many unhappy, unhealthy marriages are out there. And we were kind of talking about that earlier of, you know, I don't think we realize, like we, we probably take for granted where our marriage is now. Not that it's just been rainbows and butterflies the whole time, but. Right. Right. Well, so a house, kids. Yep. Check, check. Happily married is what you, you know, so at some level, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So we get married and you think those are the things that we would need to have. 
right? Yeah, I didn't really think far past it. I think I thought that I would, you know, climb the ladder in my career, and we would just, you know, I didn't, I didn't think too deeply into what that would actually look like. I just knew mm-hmm. you. I didn't want to be in a unhealthy marriage. You know, like I knew you weren't going to cheat on me or hurt me or anything like that. And those were just the bare minimum basics that I was just like, yeah, this will be good. Yeah, he's hot. I love him. So here you go. Check, check, check. Check, check. Right? Okay. So, and you can ask me this too, because I know, I know you'll want to, you know, bat this back and forth, but so this will play into the next question. And that is what the next 10 years and the success of that will look like. But I'm curious to know right now, what has made our marriage successful? I mean, hands down our, our trust in God and him being at the center because we talked about this earlier as well. We had a little nice, uh, we call it pillow talk conversation, <laughs> a romantic conversation. Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah, right. Um, what I don't know what I was gonna say. What were you gonna say? Yeah, hold on. So we talked about that earlier. What did you just say? I completely just you just did not listen to me at all. No, I didn't. So I was literally so about one, to respond so to you. So one of the best things about our marriage thus far, these past ten years, has been just how good of a listener. Jonna is, and here she is now. That you I you do say I'm a good listener. <laughs> no, I, actually, she is a phenomenal listener. But um, what's made him happy? Well, yeah, yeah. So, so now we're looking back ten years to okay, cool. We oh, I said literally. God. That's what I said God at the center of it, right? But we knew. So people would tell us that in the beginning, like yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. God at the center, just keep God at the center. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's like the cliche thing. It is when you put a mic in a couple's. Yeah. It is, but I think that's because the couples that are telling us know that that's the only way you're going to do it. And so that's what's hard to explain is keeping God at the Mm, center for us is is we filter everything through him, our relationship with him. We don't make decisions without prayer. We trust God to um, guide us in the small things, the big things, Mm. our conversations. You know what I mean? Like, we aren't just these how to two, parent how to parent yes. which is so hard uh aggressive career career uh, house decisions, moves, yeah. decisions. Mm-hmm. um even as small as a fight there's been times where you might say something that bothers me and i have to think before i speak and i have you know i'll ask the holy spirit like hey guide my words here i don't want to say anything unnecessary or hurtful because guess what we all remember the hurtful things our our spouse says to us you women sure do you do too I, like, I remember that one time you called me a i don't even know yeah probably not because i literally just like filter all that stuff out i know but respect is really important to you so you definitely know when i've made you feel disrespected whether it's words or actions or whatever but yeah yeah, so I mean, everything. We filter everything. That's how we keep God first. We make sure we're praying together. We make sure we're going to church together. We make sure our conversations, you know, are around deep things. We study the Bible together, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we didn't know that because, you know, when somebody shoves a mic in your face and you're watching your wedding video and they say, keep God first, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. You don't really know. Mm. Like, I think at that point we assume that just meant, I don't know, live a Christian life, you know? Right. But keeping God at the center is literally keeping God at the center. Right, because it's o- it's almost delusion when we say we're living a Christian life, but we're justifying the selfishness in our marriage or the hidden sins and, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, just, yeah, I mean, just our sinful nature. We are like, oh, hey, well, we go to church. Hey, like, we're 
we don't do bad things. We're basically we're, good. We're basically good people. Yeah. yeah. And so you kind of fall into this, well, yeah, why wouldn't I go to heaven? I'm a good person. And I think what you're saying and the fruit of our marriage has been, like God has completely taken control of our lives because we've been like, God, we can't, can't do this without you. And so I 100% agree with you that the success the past 10 years, well, let me throw a caveat in. The success the past, let's say seven years. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. yeah First three years were not so hot because, no. well, let's dive into that. Why weren't the first three years good? Yeah. Well, for, first, just to say I agree. I mean, we are much more in our honeymoon phase now than we were the first three years of our, our marriage. The AC is so loud. Hopefully yeah. it's not in the mic. It'll be loud. Anyway. Sure. Um, so the first three years is when we took that advice that we heard and we're like, oh yeah, okay. And the, that's the way we applied it. We did go to church, but we were not praying together. We were not getting in the word together. We were not filtering decisions through Lord, I mean, we did kind of, I mean, you prayed, you definitely prayed about, you know, job changes and big things coming, bringing me home from work to, to start raising our kids and yes. stuff. So it's not like we didn't, it's just, we still had sins and selfishness in us that we were allowing and that we were holding on to yeah. that were preventing us from having the fruitful marriage that God intended. We weren't living out a biblical marriage, even though we were kind of, kind of looking the part. So good. That's so true. Yeah, I, I, I can't even add anything to that because that's good. Give me, give me a... Yep, oh, here. <laughs> yes, very nice. But it... Yes. Yeah, it, but it's just so true, though, because when I, we've talked about this so many times together is that we believe God's the author and creator of marriage, right? And so we go to his word to figure out how to be a married couple and I and I'm coming to you to say this not in a way of, of bragginess or um I don't think that's even a word but uh, it is now in a in a sense of look at us we have a we're not perfect we're never gonna be perfect this side of heaven but we just talked about earlier Chris and I have a marriage that is so solid right now we are so we are genuinely happy we don't we don't we don't really fight we don't really have like we're very yoked but that's not by our own doing. It's not because either one of us are good or perfect or or we just know how to be a husband and wife. Like, really, we have a lot of things going against us to be able to have a, a strong marriage. Like, you know, we got a lot of kids and a lot of uh, outside stressors and stuff. But um, we're in the place that we are right now where we are genuinely happy and, and doing way more in the honeymoon phase than we ever were in the beginning because we finally figured out how to actually apply that advice yeah that's for you fire speaking speaking fire yeah absolutely and to to kind of bring this home um you know the overall theme has been that first pillar that we talked about in i don't remember what episode it is i probably should have been prepared for that but it was the best marriage advice we could give and spoiler alert (laughs) number one was just surrender trust in jesus like actually trust trusting God with our decisions, not just saying we do. Mm-hmm. And so Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And when you become married, 
you become one flesh. And we talk about it in prior episodes as well. Something that just hit us one day was just, man, marriage should be the last selfish decision we make, right? Because once we are married, we are one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so trusting in God as one flesh and not leaning on our own understanding because Lord knows culture and all the crazy things they throw at us and tell us, you know, go live your purpose, go live your truth, go do this, that, Follow and the other. Your heart. Follow your heart. All these things and trusting in God and leaning on him through prayer and actually asking God to take control of the things that are creating a way to not fight. It's like she just said, we don't really fight. And I remember we heard that probably like five years ago. I think we might have even talked about it on the podcast how we were like, oh my gosh, what a turd. This lady said, me and my husband never fight. And we're like, that's ridiculous. You got to fight, you know, otherwise you're not going to go through conflict together. The reason we don't fight is because I think the Holy Spirit is is in both of us and we are constantly trying to just understand each other better. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to love you through you're crazy and you're trying to love me <laughs> and, and you're Good. and you're trying to love me through my shortcomings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like we know each other and I think trusting in God, leaning on him, he has made our paths straight. So Proverbs three, five through six is very true in our lives. So good. We are we are one. We are one. But we're we one. are, we're but yoked. we are. And that and that's I just got to tell you, it's such a freeing thing. I think there's so many people, and I used to be one of these people, who don't like the idea of submitting to a higher power. They don't like the idea of a hierarchy of God and then, you know, the husband and the wife and all of that. Um, I don't understand why, though, because when you do it his way, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. We work together so much better when we uh, live out the roles that God intended for us to do as man and woman you know what I mean? And, and we've made some really crazy big decisions in the, even in the recent and to have to do that without God to, to have to do that without some, without the actual creator of the universe being able to guide you. I don't know how people do that. Honestly, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's so much more freeing. I think people assume that it's, it's taking your freedom away because in the temporary, you're like, Oh, you got to give so much up to be a Christian or to do it God's way or, you know, to do what God wants you to do. Like, I just want to live my truth. I just want to live my way. But mm-hmm. where's that, where's that get you? Cause I know it did not get me in a good place prior to being married to you. And in the beginning of our marriage, when, you know, we've talked about, you just, you know, you felt like you had to have your time and go play video games when you got home or whatever. There was just so much selfishness. Like right. I look back on it. It's so funny. I'll tell you guys this. I was, I was, I was mentoring a kid here recently somebody reached out about about a pornography addiction he's like dude like would would you just talk me through some stuff like sure absolutely so i just sat and just listened to this kid talk for like 30 40 minutes and then finally i gave him some advice at the end which is probably the most aggressive advice i've ever given anybody i should probably do a podcast on it honestly and at the end he's like oh man i would i'd love to i'd love to talk again you know thanks thanks for your time he goes real quick just curious and this might be for another day. He's like, how did you know your wife was the one? Like, how did you know? And it just fell out of my mouth. And it sucks, but it's true. 
And I just told him, I was like, dude, I wasn't in love with anybody but myself when I got married. <laughs> Nobody but myself in any way, shape, or form. And the fruits showed that. Mm-hmm. I was highly career-focused to the point where, and I, I, I'm highly career-focused now, but I was career-focused to the point where, like, Jana and her wants and needs had to fit into my box. Mm-hmm. And me wanting our family to be debt-free and all these different stuff had to fit into my box and all of the financial decisions and how I'd get on her for buying a $4 coffee and, like, all this different stuff. And I was angry. Like, she made me angry. There were things she did that, like, I wasn't used to. I wasn't used to, like, emotional things that would happen uh, that I didn't expect. Like, I had all these expectations, you know? And I think, did we explain, like, the first night of our honeymoon? Um, I'm sure we have, but I'm... It's it's super vulnerable. Ah, Mm -hmm. I don't think we've explained the story. Maybe we should. No, yeah, maybe. I'll I'll give an idea of what it is, right? But basically, you know, we are married and we're on our honeymoon and we expect like, okay, we're going to enjoy our honeymoon and everything's going to be great and we have all these amazing expectations. And I remember um, we, it, it was like the next day or whatever. And I could tell John was a little down because it just wasn't meeting her expectations either. Well, there was like a hurricane. Because the weather was horrible and, you know. You passed out early because you took Dramamine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just so much stuff happened. So much stuff happened. Um, But, you know, to be honest, like we had this really awkward bout of sex. And it was like, why did that happen? Because everything was fine and Jonna just like looked at me and was like, I don't like the way you're looking at me, you know? And it just kind of triggered her and bothered her and it just kind of like ended everything, you know? I think everybody's been in those moments, right? If they're, if they're honest, at least once, but I never expected that would happen, ever. And it's on our honeymoon, right? I'm like, man, here's my beautiful wife and blah, 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 right? And well, I just remember being so Well, it was so, so much deeper mad. than like, oh, you looked at me weird. I yeah, was, yeah. I had like a, f- I had a flashback. I've had yeah, yeah. some traumatic I've talked about on the podcast before experiences. And so, yeah, something triggered something in me and it gave me a little bit of a flashback. And yeah, like maybe I I looked at you like lustfully or something. It was, yeah, like I love you. It was something like that. So again, expectations too. It wasn't this romantic, whatever. And we were just young and yeah, it set off a very weird. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, Oh, is this how it's going to, is this how it's going to be, you know, for the rest of our lives? Like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch how I look at you. And like, I was just so angry. And I, it just set the tone for like the the next probably two and a half, three years before that set the tone. Just those types of things are things I didn't expect. Well, yeah. And you, and I was just angry. We go to the grocery store and you'd be like, Oh, come on. Or you didn't want to go shopping with me because it took too long. And yeah, you were very much, you're still protective of your time, but in a, in a way that's more, you're protective of your time to balance with your family. Yeah. Also, can we just talk about what 2013 Chris would think about the expenses? Just, just know what you've spent money on oh, the past couple of days. Cause you used to get stressed about a $4 coffee and stuff. Right. right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, it is, it's just expectations versus reality. We brought so much, baggage into our marriage that we didn't know how to handle them and i'm sure there's people that are listening to this right now that maybe some light bulbs are going off for you because you're like wait a second i maybe brought some baggage into my marriage maybe i have a past 
traumatic experience or maybe my husband yeah was used to being on his own time or was, is selfish or whatever you know what I mean maybe this is turning something because um it makes it makes a big difference but you don't know how to iron it out especially when you don't have anybody to talk to or mentor you through it you know mm-hmm. yeah so good so what was it how did we even get to that what were we talking about why were we talking about our honeymoon the reason I was talking about that honeymoon is because I was just I was just talking about how there's so many, so many triggers for me. Oh, as, the beginning of our marriage. Yeah, I was selfish and I was angry and borderline verbally abusive at times, to, to be honest with you, because I, I just didn't understand you, right? right? I didn't understand you. We were so opposite. I remember we had I went to somebody's that. wedding and I just kind of like sat there like a bump on a log, like really doing nothing because I don't really like to dance, but I'm still working on it and not really kind of sort of. It's all between my ears. I need to get my body moving. But anyway, so point is, I we come home and John just looks at me and she's like, why are we even married? I remember being so mad because just I so, wanted yeah. to dance and I was trying to have fun, but I definitely feed off of other people's energy and I could tell that you weren't having fun. And then you were like ready to go before the wedding was over, which is just unheard of for me. I, I stay till they She's turn the lights linger, on. She's a linger, dude. Yes. I, I love to dance. I love to be around people. And he was just so blah. And I can remember back in that day too, just thinking, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere with Chris. I would much rather go out with my friends and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was like, why, why are we together? We are so opposite. You are so boring, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just always felt like I was on pins and needles because I didn't know. Not that you weren't, like, the super angry person that you're kind of making yourself sound like. You just bottled it up. Yeah. You weren't You weren't shouting and being mad all the time. You just were visibly annoyed. Vis- visibly annoyed, and, yeah. So then I would get quiet and just mm-hmm. not say anything, and then, and then when something did happen, I would, like, explode explode yeah lose my mind and so yeah so anyway the first three years of our marriage the whole whole point there was the 10 years have not been woohoo amazing right because i was in love with myself like i said and you were seeking someone to love you like you've never been loved before and protect me and yeah but you were also finding your identity in me mm-hmm. still and then i was coming short for you yes and so that you know threw you into a tailspin yeah, I expected you to be my other half, like people say, to fulfill me, to meet all my needs. And you know what? I just want to say that's such an unfair expectation that we are that we buy into, that we're taught. You know what I mean? That your soulmate will come and they'll fulfill you more than anybody else and they'll take care of all your needs. Like the only one who can fulfill you is Jesus. And so to put that expectation on your spouse, they're always going to fall short, no matter how good they are, because they are fallen person like we are sinful broken humans and so you cannot fulfill me and make me whole but I thought you could because you were a man that came into my life that was so drastically different from what I was used to and even though you weren't in love with me like I was in love with you Mm -hmm. you still cared for me better than I had been you know what I mean and you Mm -hmm. still I knew you were going to be faithful and like you you were still, you know, a hard worker and you were kind and all these things that were enough for me at that time. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's so good that we got to that point in our marriage where, um, we had had two, two under two. I had postpartum depression. 
they had drugged me up on some Zoloft and it just made me a zombie. I was so numb. I was so lethargic. Our relationship was so dull, so hard. You really weren't helpful. I was gone all day. You were gone all day. Our kids, Lindley was really hard at that time. I was not sleeping. And I just remember so clearly just being like, I would not even care if we divorced. I wouldn't care if you left me tomorrow. That's how low we were and how zombie and numb I was to anything. I just, I had no feelings by the way. I Zoloft is just, no. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, I had no feelings. And so I think we had to get to that point for me to look up for me to start seeking a relationship with God and realizing, you know, no matter what you did, you weren't here to fulfill my every need. You weren't my savior, you know? Yeah. And I think, I don't know what, what exactly was the turning point for you? Yeah. It's so hard because it's not like I'm a kid who grew up completely secular and then just found Jesus and everything changed. I grew up in the church, but I don't think I really, I I look back and I'm like, was I saved? <laughs> you know how people are just like, well, I grew up in the church. Yeah, okay, who cares? <laughs> like, was I saved? I don't think I was saved until I had the choice to turn to God or turn away God. And I think what it was was my last bout of porn. When porn came back at like the very beginning of our, like I guess it was, prob- it was probably year three or something like that, right? In our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was selfish and I was drained from work and all these things and I didn't understand you and I didn't understand the distractions of the babies and how hard they were and 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 what what it would take away from our marriage and I was just you know constantly trying to protect my time and my energy and all these things and you know we got two kids it's crazy and then when when the porn thing came back and I just felt like it was so deeply dark and demonic and I just, I just asked God to completely release that from me and change my heart and make me a man after God's heart. And when God pulled that away from me and pulled the desire away from me and I began to learn how to hate it, and um, I think my prayer of just like, God, make me a man after your own heart. Like David was this dude who just screwed up over and over and over again in the Bible. Like, make me a man after your heart. Make me a man after your heart. And I think he just began to answer that prayer and things started shifting because I looked at you differently while you simultaneously realized that I wasn't your savior. Like you said, yeah, it's making me a little emotional. It's crazy, man. It's just so good to see God's always working, you know, he's always working and he'll always answer that prayer. And it's so, it's so cool to be at year 10 and be able to reflect on that. Cause those days were so hard. So hard. Those days were so hard, but we had to go through them to be able to get to this place of fruitfulness and, and happiness and all that. Um, and I'm so thankful you prayed that prayer. I'm so thankful that he turned that around for you. Cause I do believe that was the beginning of your sanctification process because you showed me a video earlier. We should have pulled the clip up of that woman. Do you have the clip? Yeah, we probably can because I think something we wanted to talk about also was just, and this may or may not fit into it, you tell me, but how we don't have the grass is greener complex. We truly don't. We're not just saying this because, you know, we're a marriage podcast and we're supposed to. I I can with confidence tell you I don't ever have a thought of 
what it would be like with somebody else because you really do you fulfill my needs now that you're supposed to fulfill you know you're in the role you're supposed to be in I'm in the role I'm supposed to be in I know I'm safe with you I know that I know you love me I know that you um will protect me not just you know in a physical sense but you protect me spiritually you protect me um emotionally you understand me a lot better now so there's so many things now that I do that would have set you off back in the day let's talk about this while you're finding the clip Mm -hmm. uh yesterday we get downtown to our hotel I had bought this you know really cute little cocktail type dress to go to a really nice restaurant and we get down here and I'm just tired I'm like I don't know if I really feel like dressing up and you're like that's fine because we can do what we want <laughs> if we don't want to get all dressed up and stuff. Let's just, you know, go have some apps and stuff. And so I changed my outfit like <laughs> three or four <laughs> times like trying to decide. Minutes. I was so Instead hungry. Instead of wearing my dress, I just kept changing and, and asking his opinion. Like, I don't know, maybe I'll wear these shoes. Or I'm like, oh, I just got a spray tan. I should show my legs. No, should I wear jeans? Oh, this is kind of, how am I going to feel after eating this? It's kind of tight, you know. And Chris was just so, I mean, you made some funny jokes. I could, I knew you were ready to go, but you definitely were so, you're just chill now. You're so much calmer now in the chaos. You're you're definitely the the calm to my storm when I'm going in crazy mode. Trying to be. But that would have set you off back in the day. Oh, dude. Yeah, you'd be like, "Who cares? Let's just go." Because, well, yes, because everything was so logical. But the logical, the root of the logical was, "How can it serve me?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. I just, I just know you. I know you, and I know, I know your intent was not that you didn't care that I was hungry and ready to go, but your intent was like, "Man, we don't get to do this much," and I, I want. I want to really like look good while we're out and and feel good and feel confident and you know I mean it's okay like it's not not the end of the world we still ended up eating and it's fine our bellies got full by the end of the evening and it's it's whatever right yeah uh, I'm trying to pull this up okay I'll keep talking about things that would have made you mad in 2013 verse 2023 Chris also it's freaking expensive to eat out these days. And we're going to all these places and we're just having like apps and drinks or whatever. And the bills are adding up. And I'm telling you what, Chris would have never. Oh, I would have died. Because we lived downtown when we first got married. But we never, I don't remember. I actually don't recall one downtown restaurant date night when we lived down here. Do you? (laughs) I remember going to Fountain Square for Valentine's Day. But I don't think we even ate out. No, we ate at home that night. We, we were, oh. Let me see if I can play this clip. Hang on. Dude, you came right. Hang on. That, that's good enough. The beginning. Oh. Adeline. Uh, I need to go back. Hang on. Refresh it. All right. I married a six foot foot one bottle of Valium. I don't care what you do. You can't rattle him, you can't make him raise his voice, <laughs> you can't upset him, he's just cool. I mean, I can do the most bizarre stuff and he'll just kind of look at me, but he won't do nothing and he's just so you can count on him. He could hold me by the ankle over a cliff and I wouldn't worry because he's that brother. One time I was going through a thing and uh, I called him up in the middle of the day, he was working and I said, babe, 
things ain't right here. Mm-hmm. And he came home and stood there and said he didn't know what to say. I'm talking and I'm telling and I'm crying and this and that. And he stayed until I said, okay, I'm fine. He said, if you need me again, I'll come back. Mm. That brother. I married. So first tell me why, because you're the one who showed me that clip. What what strikes you about that clip? Yeah, so the reason the reason I like that clip is because I was like, man, I want to be a guy like that. I want to be, you know, because I still, I still don't feel like I have all my... All my uh, all my anger issues together, but not with you. More more with the kids, right? But with you, I tried to be that guy. But I like t- someone could hear that and be like, "Ah, that guy sounds passive." Like, no, uh-uh. that's strong. That's a masculine yeah. man. That's why. Right. right. That's what we need more of is a man like that, like you, like masculine, strong man, not passive. Not walk. She, she's. I guarantee you, he, she doesn't walk over him. No. But somebody that knows when to show up and knows when to be there. You are that now. You are calm. You are you are reliable. Um, you could definitely, you're strong. You, throw, you can hang me over a cliff. I would trust you. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I don't know. I forget even why I actually wanted to bring that up, but I, I really like that. I really like that clip, and I feel well, like it's we relevant. Were t- we, were, we were walking down at this, at this little park in Cincinnati, and we were just having a conversation, and, and we were just chatting about the grass is greener complex. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. we're 10 years in. People talk about, like, the seven-year itch and all this different stuff, and we're 10 years in. And I was telling Jonna, I was like, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I probably take you for granted in so many ways. I can't even put my finger on. But the point in saying that is, like, instead of thinking, oh, man, what is my wife lacking? I think my attitude has just been like, dang, like, there's just so many good things that, oh, man, like, it it couldn't be better. Like, God God would not have somebody else for me. And I don't know. I think that's, you know, just a testament of how we're communicating these days. And it's it's encouraging. Don't cry. I am. Don't cry. We're not a corny podcast. We're not corny podcasters. We, w- we were at first, but now. Don't even talk about it. Now we are not. I, I appreciate that. And I think that's a good, n- another piece of advice if somebody's listening who, you know, newlyweds or, or whatever is, especially, especially in the social media world, you'll see people just talking negative about their spouses. And that's something we did that's advice we took from the beginning is never to bash each other to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially not family, but just never to talk negatively about your spouse. And I think that has been another key to a successful marriage or a happy marriage is that we do look for the good in each other. I'm not, I'm not looking for all the ways you could make me mad or all the things I don't like about you or wish I could change about you. Instead, I'm always looking at, I mean, I try to always look at, you know, the things that are, I'm thankful for in you. And especially when I read those posts, I'm just like, wow, I really do have a really good husband. I just, it, I think that's important to look for the good in your spouse and to speak out the good in your spouse, encourage them and, and do that more than you're looking for the ways that they are falling short. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, Because we still fall short. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, your clothes are still on the floor all the time. So, 
Right. And you still take 40 minutes to pick an outfit and right. go ping, ping, ping all over the place. But instead, I think, seriously, instead, if I get aggravated that your clothes on the floor, I turn my mind to just being like, you know what? He's out there working right now, taking care of us and making sure I can be here with the kids. Like, so what? I'm going to, this is not worth a fight picking up your clothes off the right. floor. I can, I can do this. It's not that big of a deal. Right. And in the, in the same breath, I, I have a wife who is giving up a career to stay home with our kids and homeschool our kids because we completely disagree with the way that culture is moving in terms of school mm-hmm. and the whole concept on what they teach and how they teach people to think and all this stuff. Like we, we are completely against that as a family. Not, not that I'm telling you should be, but we, we feel that way. And so it's super important for us to homeschool and super important for us to live the life we live. And I wouldn't be able to do that if you weren't willing to do, you know, to homeschool the kids because the fact of the matter is there's probably men out there who want their wife to homeschool the kids seeing all the crap that's happening right now in culture. And the wife's just like, ah, no, AKA, I don't trust that you can make it happen on your own without me Mm -hmm. or no, I want to pursue my career. Or no, I don't think I can handle it. Or I, I look forward to the kids going to school, so I have yeah. that break or whatever. And I, yeah. we we still haven't actually dove into the homeschooling journey and how it came about. But just a quick thing, I didn't ever want to homeschool. I did not know that this is this is a total separate side. But it just goes back to what we started talking about in the beginning: is when God, when you put your trust in God, He'll guide your ways and in ways that you may not have planned for yourself <laughs> 10 years ago tell me <laughs> oh you gosh. were you were a home you homeschooled five kids six and under or eight eight and under yeah. you were a stay-at-home mom and i drove a minivan and you drove a minivan <laughs> you could have never i would have laughed at you i would have laughed in your face but i didn't know i didn't you know you don't know what you don't know you teach your kids just, bible songs during the day and i yeah i sing corny bible songs with them and stuff i never would have thought that i would do that but god dropped it on me like a bomb when lola was attending a preschool and now i am a huge advocate for homeschooling i love that i get to homeschool even though it's I do not have it figured out. It's very challenging Sorry. to figure out, but I, yeah, it's just, it's just, you could have never told me that, but it's, it's just God. Yeah. Just letting God direct my steps here and I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. So as we, as we kind of wind this thing down, the next 10 years. Yeah. Right. So, so we talked about our expectations from 10 years ago when I was third, 23 mm-hmm. and you were 25, 24. four, okay. And what we thought it would be, and it was just very surface level. Yeah, we should probably have kids. We should probably have a house. We probably would have thrown a dog in there or something. Wait, yeah, definitely right? a fence no, dog. No, we don't have a dog. We probably have three more kids than we thought we'd have. <laughs> and we've made massively aggressive moves mm-hmm. in terms of career and starting the podcast and homeschooling, homeschooling yeah. and all the things, right? And you're saying you're happy. Mm-hmm. So, again, we know that it's been a result of saying, like, we are one flesh. 
who is trusting in God and God alone. You know, back to our pillars, we are trusting Jesus. We are stewarding God's good gifts in kids. And we are Keeping living it. an eternal yeah. mindset, yeah. right? So those are the things that have made us happy. Mm-hmm. Ten more years, you know? We're going to be in our early 40s. Our, our kids are going to be... Their teens. What? Well, Ten. our youngest will be 11. Yeah. We're going to have 11 through 18. We'll have 11 through 18. Whole Life's going to be season. so different. But Whole now we have an idea of how fast mm-hmm. 10 can come. Yeah. And, you know... What's success over the next 10 years for us? I mean, hopefully we still feel like we're in our honeymoon stage. You know, hopefully. I don't I don't doubt that we're well, not going to see that. trials. Clarify that because you said earlier, like, we weren't in our honeymoon stage until like the last few years, mm-hmm. right? And so now, now we feel more in our honeymoon stage than we ever yeah. had. Yeah. If, if we're being honest. Yeah. You know? So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to pinpoint the exact, I mean, just rambling off here, you know, my prayer is that obviously we're still trusting God to, to guide our steps. That would mean whatever we're doing is in his will. So we should be not necessarily happy by the world's standards. Like we might be asked to do some pretty crazy things. I don't know. Um, I hope that by then our kids are, you know, saved and walking with the Lord, maybe part of family business or you mm-hmm. know i don't i don't know i don't i can't really it's hard to define now because i have a better understanding of what it you know what i mean it's almost right. like harder to picture yeah what it'll be like i, I want to be traveling and homeschooling in hands-on sense like those type, types of things is this what you're asking for or well i whatever has made us successful the past 10 years well seven years to be clear is is that the formula over the next 10 years for us and yeah. all the other things fall around it basically yeah yeah i i believe that's the only way that we will continue to be happy and and con- and flourishing i guess is Forcing, if we yeah. continue each year you know maybe that's what we need to do every anniversary we just instead of doing a vow renewal we we rededicate our marriage and surrender it to God, and you know, we, we always pray this prayer of our yes is on the table, and we pray that together, and every single time we pray that prayer, he opens up the door for what he wants us to do next in mm-hmm. some fashion, and so I think a successful marriage in another 10 years is if we can sit down and say, we do it, we just, we keep being obedient, God's led us yes. through all these trials, because I know there will be trials, I know we're not always just going to have, you know, this, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen in the next decade to us and our families and you know mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think that's what it'll be, it'll be we, we did it we're continuing to trust in god he really is the center of our marriage he really does guide our steps and we're still following in the because our roles are going to look different then right yeah i'm still going to be a mom of five kids but they're going to be much in much different needs they're going to have much different needs than they have from me now yeah so who knows what my role is going to look like and my expenses there. are going to double Goodness gracious. So you do have to be rich by the next 10 years. I'm going to have to be. To be able to feed these kids. No choice. They already eat like teenagers. I have, I have no choice. So so as we fully end this thing, yes. okay, what would you say to the the couple or the, the wife or husband 
listening to this saying like, oh man, I don't know that we're happy in this first phase. Let's say they're, let's say they're over five years, right? Because mm-hmm. you really start to get a picture of what's, what marriage is the Your first five years. Is, yeah. I think, yeah. First couple of years, it's like, Ooh. but yeah. So let's say you're, you know, five plus years and you're just like, I, I by year 10, I'd be surprised if we were together mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe we're just living a very, I don't know, just transactional Neutral, life. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of dad feels like a stork. Mom feels overtouched, overstimulated, not supported. Unseen. Unseen, all the things, you know? I mean, what, is that the formula for them? Yeah. Yeah, my, our intent here is not to discourage somebody because I feel like sometimes when you're in a low place, so if you are in a low place listening to this right now and you feel discouraged or maybe even a sense of, I don't know, jealousy or, you know, a feeling of, of, Oh man, I, I, I envy that. I want that. I don't think I'll ever have that because, and in your mind, you probably have the reasons rattling off, right? Because I'm to this or my husband's to this or my wife's to this for us to ever get to that point. I would say my best advice, and this kind of goes to the whole idea of grow yourself, grow your marriage, but in the sense of grow your relationship with God and let him do the rest. Mm -hmm. You cannot change your spouse you cannot change the things you don't like about them. You cannot fix yourself even Mm-mm. apart from surrendering it to God and asking him like you prayed, asking him to, you know, change your heart and fix it. Maybe you don't even know what it is that you need change, but just open your hands and just be like, God, I need you to make me the wife or make me the husband you've called to be called me to be. And I cannot do that without you. And I, even if your spouse is not on board and doing the same thing, I would just challenge you to do it and see what, what ways God works. Yeah, it's good. What about you? That's super good. Yeah. I just as, as a man, as a leader, even when you don't want to, it's just like, God, <laughs> I know, I know what I'm doing. is not right. Or I know, I know that things are not the way they're supposed to be. I don't feel like fixing it, but help me to want to want to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. That's, that's a prayer that I've prayed many times. Yes. Like, I, I don't want to do this, but help me to want to want to, yeah. right. Help me to be a man after your heart. Help me to find, you know, like first Corinthians talks about, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. I mean, all of the things like love, love, like what, what is love, you know? And, help me to emulate those characteristics to my wife, Mm -hmm. to other people, to, to my family, because I can't do it. Like I, I am fallen. I am a fallen sinful man. And every time I try to do it myself and become the God of my life, you know, I like what our pastor says, like, we're really crummy gods. Right. <laughs> we're really bad. Well, we've tried it before, and, the, and it almost ended in, yeah. in a separation, and we would yeah. not have had three more kids and yes. great kids. And so yeah, just do, yeah, just try. And, and I don't think I added, don't just pray for yourself. Pray for your spouse, too. Pray for their heart to change and to be softened or whatever area it is that you feel maybe they're living in a habitual sin, and you know it, and, it's, and I see so many so many heartbreaking po- posts of women discovering porn on their husband's phones or computers and stuff. And, and they just feel so broken and like they can't get past that, you know, 
pray over that, pray over your spouse, pray over their device. I mean, I, that might sound mm-hmm. weird to somebody, but pray for your heart and pray for theirs and, and just give your marriage to the Lord. And I promise you, those are his favorite kind of prayers to answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, God, God, God is jealous for us. God wants, God wants us to depend on him. He grows us. He puts us through trials to grow us, which is what we talked about in the last episode. And it's just like, he gives us chance after chance after chance to depend on him. And with something as delicate and powerful as marriage, we can only depend on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the author of it. <laughs> right. He cares about it. It's, it's one of the first things he did in creation was, it was give Adam a helpmate, a wife. Um, and I think just one more thing I wanted to add, because when we talked about this earlier, I just think it's so impactful when you think of it this way, is if you have children, and when or when you have children, think about the gift you are giving them and your, and your future grandchildren. And, you know, people talk about leaving a legacy and stuff, but talk about this. If you have a marriage like this that is solid and you build that foundation for your family where your house is stable and peaceful and they know mom and dad are a team and they see mom and dad love each other they feel so safe and and they in turn that's what your kids get to see as a normal marriage so what do you think that gift that they're going to give to their future spouse one day you know we don't have parenting all figured out um but i will say it's it's a pretty cool feeling to know that our five children will think that this is this is a normal marriage and this is hopefully what they will seek out and and imagine if all five of our kids get married and have healthy marriages and then can pass that on like you have the potential to break generational curse of divorce in your family just by healing and working and being selfless and and um and yeah having having a good marriage i guess yeah that's it's such a cool long-term view to think that it's not just about you and your happiness because right Right, right, right. Your immediate happiness. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I'm not, I have needs, right? Mm-hmm. I have needs. Well, dad, like you brought in a bunch of kids into this world with mom, mm-hmm. right? And so it's no longer just about your needs. Right. Right. So Or your happiness or all of this. All these things exactly. that these social media influencers want to tell you. I, I, there's an account I just... I hate to follow because she makes me so mad, but for whatever, it's polarizing. So I follow her and she just talks about how happy she is in her divorce because her husband wasn't making her happy. And, you know, you only get one life and live my truth and I'm going to do it for me. And, you know, oh, I get a break from my kids two days a week now because they go with dad. And like she's glamorizing divorce and, mm. and, and it's it infuriates me because I guarantee you, first of all, She's probably not actually happy because the stuff she puts out into the internet feels very hate-filled or very, you know, doesn't feel like a genuinely happy person. Um, Well, sin makes you feel good. So she's probably momentarily feeling pretty good. Right. But it just makes me mad because there's so many people feeling like they're being empowered by this woman who's telling them, oh, yeah, your husband makes you mad. He doesn't fulfill all your needs and, and make you so happy well, yeah, of course you can divorce him. You only live one life, you know. Go throw a big divorce party in Nashville with your girls and, and you know, have everybody cheer you on because, like, that's the new cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then and then what, though? But then what? Because then the next thing that you, you say, you're going to probably want to get in another relationship because 
that's how we humans were created to be with somebody else. And then what, what happens when they stop making you happy? You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. That's not, it's just, I don't know. It, it makes me so mad because you can find happiness in a long marriage, yeah. but not if you're expecting your spouse to fulfill all your happiness. You know what I mean? Well, sure. Yeah. I think, I think what, what you said earlier, it's just, I'm not your savior. You're not my savior. Right. We're not designed to need each other. We're designed to want each other. And we're designed to be one flesh. And marriage and vows and everything has been, have been so... Watered down. Watered down, diluted, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go ahead and, I'll go ahead and say I promise you. But we all know I have options. Right, with the caveat <laughs> of until I don't. You know exactly. I promise you until you make me mad, or until I feel like you're not meeting my needs. It's like, well, <laughs> that's interesting. For better or for worse, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health. Yeah. People just say these things so casually because yeah. to them they're just words, and, and marriage is just a piece of paper. But yeah, you know, it's not true. I don't believe that. It's not. So, look, if you're in those first ten years and you feel like it's not heading the right direction. I mean, we highly encourage you. Like, there's there's a God who knows you. There's a God who who created everything, who loves you, who cares deeply about all of the tiny little details of your life, who cares about the big details, cares so much about your marriage. And it's about humility. And it's about humbling yourself before God and saying, like, God, I, okay. Like, I've tried this thing as being my own God. It's... It, hasn't worked out for me so yes help me to help me to be a man after your own heart help me to be a woman who is after your heart help me to you know change me change my heart don't don't do anything but change my heart um and uh i think i think that's what it was for us first 10 years and here we are and uh Man, like I said, there's no grass is greener on the other side complex for either of us. And we both trust each other and love each other. And, you know, if you ask me what human flourishing is, I don't think it's making tons and tons and tons of money. I think it's having babies and following Jesus and being in a committed marriage. And that's human flourishing. So Amen. we'll see what it looks like the next 10 years. But uh, hopefully this was... A little wise, I don't know. Last question. What? Are you in love with anybody but yourself now? <laughs> I am not. I am not. You're not in love with anybody but yourself still? I am. Wait. I am. Wait. Am I wait, in still, love? Yeah. Are you in love with anybody except for yourself now? That's, for some are reason, you, I can't process what you're saying. Are you still only in love with yourself? No. <laughs> that, that's why I tried Gosh. to say no. I know. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Happy 10, ten years. years. No. No. So, I love you. Are happy you in love with me. I'm in love with you. Happy 10 year anniversary. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that like and share button.